We're not a senior center. We're a JCC. And what that means is that, first and foremost, we're inspired by a set of values that start with the idea that we stand for people who are aging. Like, literally stand up when older people walk into a room. This notion that, you know, we have respect for, for people who have lived this long and this profound sense in the liturgy that's articulated on Rosh Hashanah, do not throw me out in my old age. Like, that we are powered by a set of values and a tradition that, has to, that makes claims on us and makes demands on us. Welcome to Season 5 of 76 West, recorded appropriately in an office at the corner of West 76th Street and Amsterdam Avenue in New York City. In past years, you've heard conversations with some of the great thinkers of our time. This season, you're going to hear the voice of one of them, Rabbi Joy Levitt. Sometimes she'll be by herself, sometimes accompanied by the amazing people who helped make the program she shepherded a reality. Joy works, worked, best in collaboration with others, people who pushed her, prodded, who inspired her as much as she inspired them. That's going to be, is, her legacy to the Marlene Meyerson JCC Manhattan, a spirit of positivity, of moving onward and upward, taking a simple idea, a Jewish community center, and elevating it beyond what anyone would use as their definition. It wasn't just a perceived need. It was a moral imperative. In looking at the JCC's burgeoning population of older adults, it became apparent that trips, cards, and discussion groups weren't just fun, enriching ways to spend time. They were a way station, a way of combating one of the most insidious epidemics of our time. Under the direction of Susan Lecter, and thanks to the care and largesse of board member Donna Linden, the Wexler Center for Modern Aging would come to represent something more than a place for excellent programs. It would be a lifeline a chance to build connection and community among a group that is too often overlooked in society. In today's episode, joined by Susan and Donna, Rabbi Joy Levitt will discuss the impetus for launching the center during a pandemic, no less, and how its many facets could change the way we think about getting older. When I came to the JCC in 1997, there were very few programs and very few staff. One of the programs that we had practically from the beginning was a program called New Horizons, which was the program that we had developed for older adults. And it was very much run by those older adults. They decided the programs they wanted to have. We had rented space on 65th Street in the Guild for the Blind, and they would meet for, um, I, I remember there was a women's group that was run by Carol Chen, you know, other kinds of discussion groups. And that program area lived alongside Ulpan, our Saturday morning sports programs, and our gay lesbian programs. And that's basically what we had we also had some um, children's programs that took place in synagogues 
Um, we, of course, had no space. But, but New Horizons used the space in the Guild for the Blind. We had like one or two program spaces, and they, and they used them um, frequently. So it was never in doubt that we were going to have a program for older adults at the JCC. We called it New Horizons. I think the committee came up with that name. But nobody knew what it meant. What does New Horizons mean? It's sort of like this, I don't know, metaphor for how wonderful this time is in your life, which not everybody feels that way. So it was kind of a weird name. But most importantly, it didn't really tell us, tell anybody what it was we were doing. So that name morphed, as I recall, many times. It was called 60 Plus. It was called Older Adults. It was called Seniors. Um, I had an English teacher in high school who said, if you, if you, if you can't think it, right, you can't write it. And it felt to me like what that ambivalence about the name was about was we didn't really understand what we were doing here. We thought in those years, I mean, in the early years, I'm talking about before the building was built, that people would retire at 65 and move to Boca. We did not actually imagine that we were going to do much programming for that area because we didn't think they'd be living in New York. And we didn't think they'd be living as long as, as it turns out they've been living. And with the kinds of challenges and opportunities that now face people that are living well into their 80s and 90s. So the program was always filled. We always had lots of folks here. But I would say until Susan came, it lacked a certain coherence. It was just a whole bunch of really good programs for older adults. And, you know, I began to feel frustrated to some extent because I felt like it was becoming over-professionalized. This is before Susan came. You know, the programmer was just deciding on programs and maybe talking to a few people. But it, was, it wasn't until Susan came that there was a really dynamic group of professionals, uh, uh, volunteers that were really created. And I guess this would be the moment to pass it off to Susan. I do, Susan, remember your interview um, uh, when, when Susan came. Um, she... Um, the, the first thing that struck me was that she was Canadian and that she had deep roots in Israel. Her husband was Moroccan, whose family lived in Paris. So we suddenly had a kind of very um, international influence, which I don't know how that affected the program area, but I suspect it did in some subtle ways. But Susan, tell me what brought you here and, and, and tell us, talk about what you've built. Well, I moved here from Paris. I had been living there for a number of years. I had first been working there at, um, at UNESCO, working on educational projects. And then I had the opportunity to open a center for Holocaust survivors. And that was the first time I really spent significant time and energy thinking about programming for an older adult audience and what that meant. And it was a profound experience because Holocaust survivors in, in France had not, never spoken about their experiences. It was very different than the Holocaust survivors that I knew in Canada. I grew up with in a community where people spoke about it, we remembered, we had interaction. And in France, it was 
sort of taboo to really speak about people's past during the Holocaust. So working with an older adult audience suddenly became very meaningful and important to me. Um, there was rising anti-Semitism at the time. My husband and I were building a family, and we decided that we wanted to, to leave, and we moved to New York. And there was a job opportunity at the JCC Manhattan. It had just been open for a couple of years. And I said, this just, this makes sense to me. I just felt it in my bones. I had no idea it would be a 16-year plus, plus, plus experience for me. But I just, it just felt right. I remember starting the job and... The most important thing to me in the beginning was creating a sense of community. You know, we can plan a million programs for people, but what does that mean? Why would, what kind of programming would we create here at the JCC? It would be programs that would really bring people together in community, and there would be a shared experience, and people would feel connected to one another and to us in some way. And I think that's under that's underlied everything we've done over the years. I knew that it was really successful when I would see large numbers of people at Beyond Cafe after the program having lunch together. And, you know, we talk about this a lot, but we're not here to provide programs. Programs are a vehicle for the building of community. And one of the things that I deeply learned in one of our symposium on positive aging was that it's not even community. We're here to help people find friends. And what is really particularly poignant about this time in your life is that you're losing friends. You're either losing friends because you're moving from the suburbs back into the city or because your friends are dying, your spouse is getting ill. Things are changing in your life in every other stage of life in which change is happening, you're anticipating it for good, right? When you go, when you graduate from college, you're coming to New York or wherever you're coming, you're expecting exciting things to happen. You're planning, you're thinking, all those things are happening. And at this point, there's a lack of planning, a lack of thinking about this, partly because everything feels so uncertain. And I think because institutions like ours, up until now, haven't been able to figure out how to help you make those plans and support the community and help you find ways to, to make friends. This became an area that I became more and more interested in, partly because I was in this cohort, right? So when I turned 60, you know, and I was here, I realized, like, I would never come to a, um, a 60s plus or older adult program. Like, I didn't think of myself as a person that wanted to be with other people my age. I wanted to go to a film or I wanted to go to an art class. I, wanted, I didn't think of it that way. And yet, I noticed that my mother, who is now ninety, going to be 93, and I were suddenly in the same age cohort, right? I was 60 and she was 85. And she, in fact, did want to be with people her age for a whole host of reasons that included um, life experience. Like she didn't want to be sitting there talking about 
whatever it is people in their 60s talk about. They're still talking about their careers. They're talking about their children getting married. They're talking about whatever. That's not what she was interested in. And also, she had less capacity. She couldn't remember as well. You know, there are people who can't hear as well. There are people who can't see as well. They need a certain level of support that they don't necessarily get in the general programming here at the JCC or anywhere else. Doesn't mean they don't do it. Doesn't mean that they don't love it. My mother went to the opera, you know, every Saturday for the last 30 years. But when she came here, I think she was looking for a, a cohort of people her age. So I started really reading, thinking, looking at this area. And what I learned was that the single biggest health crisis in the United States is loneliness. And the single biggest population that's, that is being hit by this as older adults. And this is way before the pandemic. And so I started obsessively talking about the need to radically rethink this area so that it wasn't just let's put up some nice programs that people come to, but how can we be more intentional about addressing the issues that face and the opportunities that are available for people in their older age? And, and that's where Donna comes in. Donna Linden. My earliest memory of even giving a thought to um, funding and supporting the center was um, I had recently become vice chair of the board. And I was um, invited to a meeting of all of the, the center directors. And it was the first time I had gone to that meeting. It was a regular meeting. Uh, it was a large conference table, and everyone went around and said, what was going on with their center and what their goals were for the following year. And about halfway through came Susan, whom I had never met before. She became impassioned and she said, my goal is to have a center for older adults before the end of next year. So when I left the meeting, I didn't remember anything that well except Susan's statement, impassioned statement. And, um, and then it turned out, I learned, that, um, that the Center for Older Adults was the next or last center that the JCC wanted to form and fund and support. And my parents had just recently died in their 90s. And they were cognitively in great shape till their deaths, but they were suffering from loneliness and a sense of dissatisfaction because, because of the limitations that aging deals one. And I saw how hard it was and what, that we really needed to help as a society, this cohort. And so I started talking about it with my husband for the first time, um, and he was very enthusiastic. We both adored my parents and wanted to... Uh, do something that they couldn't have benefited from, but others could. And then I asked to meet Susan because I realized that most likely she was part of the package, but I'd never met her before. I just sat in that room and it made me a little nervous because, you know, we would give a significant amount of support with a significant amount of hopes and dreams for what it would accomplish. And I knew that the director of the center was either going to make that happen or not. Anyway, I fell in love with her immediately, um, and not just fell in love with her, but was impressed by 
everything, capability, intellect, character, warmth, absolutely everything about her. I didn't have a single misgiving. I, that was essentially when I decided to do it. The decision for Donna and Larry to, to make this gift was made prior to COVID. And we were planning a launch. And we, again, spent a considerable amount of time talking about the name. So let's start with the fact that I really very much wanted Donna's parents' name on this center. I think Donna and Larry give a lot of their um, resources anonymously, and, and certainly their motivation for giving has absolutely nothing to do with recognition. And I felt like this was an honor for her parents, and it was a signal to other potential donors that this was a way to honor parents. So we we spent a, a bunch of time getting that done. But then the question was, what are we calling it? The Wexler Center for Seniors, the Wexler Center for 60 Plus, the Wexler Center for New Horizons. I mean, we were all over the place. In came Lillian Stern, a close friend of Donna's, a wonderful, cherished board member. She suggested we try to crowdsource the name. This dominated our thinking for just way too long. That being said, I just love the Wexler Center for Modern Aging. I don't have any trouble saying it. I feel proud of saying it. I, I wear a T-shirt that says I'm a modern ager. That is the statement we are trying to make, that there is a modern way to age. And we are exploring that modern way to age, and we're exploring that through research. And Donna, from the very beginning, was very um, excited about the notion that we would find research partners. We would understand the research, and we commissioned a study so that we could understand the existing research on older adults. Because, And this has, I think, been the thing I'm most excited about. There is a tremendous amount of research going on all over the world with respect to older adults. You know, this is a very, very important new area. But the problem is that the for-profit venture capital activities that are going on right now have nothing to do with community centers. The research going on in universities, community centers never see that research unless it gets published and on the front page of the New York Times and Jane Brody writes about it, we don't know about it. That's a, mis a mistake because the sooner that we can test the efficacy of our programs and understand what it is we're trying to achieve and then the better off everybody is, even if that still means we're teaching bridge. But if we find out, and this is actually studied, that bridge is actually you know really healthy and good for you, then we're going to be able to talk about it differently. It's not just come to play bridge, but here are the things that are going to help you. And remember that we're not just a center for modern aging in a vacuum here. We're also part of a big system, Jewish learning, family life, arts and ideas, film, health and wellness, Israel, 10 centers, all of which get fueled by the Wexler Center and fuel the Wexler Center.
this center gave us an opportunity to dream bigger. And initially it was a challenge because we had a huge array of programming already. So we sort of were saying to ourselves, what's going to change? What's going to actually be different with the center? And really the center enabled us to take a moment and say, okay, here are our priorities. We thought about where can we go with technology? How can we deepen our, our we've been in technology, but how can we deepen ourselves in that so that we really give our folks an opportunity to feel relevant as they grow older. Society has always seen older adults as sort of, it's all downhill, it's a decline. And we wanted to shift the lens for people to see this as a moment of opportunity, of possibility. And it's a shifting of the lens, not just for older adults, but also for younger, for all generations to sort of shift that lens on how we view that age and stage of life. And so once we had the center, I think we felt it was a moment to begin that work as well. So really a shifting of priorities imagining new things and thinking out of the box from where we had been. We made a decision to launch the Wexler Center during COVID. And for me, that was a powerful statement um, that we were saying to this population of people that is often invisible. One of the things you hear most from people as they get older is, nobody sees me anymore. Nobody asks my opinion. Nobody... And I literally doesn't see me. As much as we wanted to do all the things that we could to, to see this time of life as a time of opportunity, we also wanted to show little kids that bodies with wrinkles were beautiful and healthy. This idea that we're bringing everybody together, even though it's very tricky and requires a lot of patience and you know, sometimes the kids are too loud and too crowded and too noisy, and sometimes the older adults are too slow or, or you know, having a hard time or cranky. By and large, it's created this feeling like we all matter. We all matter here. And that, I think, was what led us to decide that despite the fact that it was COVID and it was not going to be the way we wanted it to be, we were going to launch this center. And I feel like it was the best thing we've done in COVID. I just want to thank Joy for her brilliance and her strategic planning and for being who she is and for being the epitome of a modern ager. You are really leading the pack in how you've lived your life, how you're going to lead your life in the future. We want to be on that journey with you and watch you. and. It's just been a privilege to work with you. That's Rabbi Joy Levitt, Susan Lecter, and Donna Linden. 76 West is a presentation of the Marlene Meyerson JCC Manhattan. The series was produced and edited by me, Eric Winnick. Our theme music was written and performed by Peril Wolf. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the other seasons of 76 West, available on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else podcasts are available. You can also listen to our episodes at mmjccm.org slash 76-west. Please subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes if you enjoyed the show. Every little bit helps. Until next time, we'll see you around the neighborhood. <laughs>